Before we start today's show, have you checked out the dogbookcompany.com? Chic, timeless, and the ideal gift for any dog owner, the Dog Book Company has a range of stylish notebooks and coffee table books that are simply adorable. And because we love dogs as much as you, we give back $1 from every sale to dog charities. Shop now at thedogbookcompany.com and get free shipping on US and Australian orders. Now you can enjoy the show. Welcome to The Dog Show, a podcast for dog mums and dads who like to spoil their pups and care for their well-being. I'm your host, Will Blunt, and every week I interview global experts about dog health, nutrition, behaviour, trends, and much more. Let's sink our teeth into this week's episode. This episode of The Dog Show features Angela Infantino. Angela is the founder and director of Molly Barker, a dog boutique where stylish dogs and luxury lifestyle collide. Molly Barker creates elegant canine products that satisfy every dog's needs while complementing the style and decor of a modern home. In the interview, we discuss how to create a stylish, dog-friendly home. Angela, welcome to The Dog Show today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's really great to have you. Great to have a fellow Aussie on the show. I know you're down in Melbourne at the moment, though, which is, um, for those that don't know, in a, a bit more of a, uh, a solid lockdown than, than where I'm based in Sydney. But I'm sure you're doing, you're probably enjoying spending some extra time with your dog, Molly, or... <laughs> well, I always work from home anyway, so uh, she's definitely enjoying having me 24-7. Sometimes I would go and work from cafes just to get out of the house, but now I don't have that luxury. So uh, so if I do go anywhere, she's like, well, what's going on? <laughs> so uh, she's definitely enjoying it the most. Yeah, they, they do become a bit more reliant on you being around, don't they? But um, Absolutely. Are you allowed to you know, go out for walks and stuff? What's that like at the moment? Yeah, so it's pretty restrictive. So there's a curfew, so you can't sort of leave your house between the hours of 8pm and 5am, which is kind of fine for me anyway. And we're allowed to have one hour of exercise outdoors or time outdoors anyway. So we're really fortunate. We've got a dog beach, like literally less than 10 minutes up the road. Um, and it's within the 5k radius that we're allowed. So yeah, every night uh, after I finish work, we go down to the dog beach and she gets to have a little bit of a, a play and some socializing with some other dogs and just some freedom. So yeah, that's really nice. And, and we're both loving it. If anything, coming home is always a struggle. She pulls on the lead and just does not want to come home. But other than that, it's okay. You sort of just roll with the punches and we can't really complain. Yeah. I mean, that sounds pretty nice for your hour of exercise every day. So when you say a dog beach, are there lots of dogs there? Is it a fairly flat water-based beach? Yeah, yeah, it is. And it sort of goes, you know, for I think it sort of crosses two suburbs or something like that. So, and because we're here in winter, you can have the dog off the lead on the beach the whole time. So there's no restrictions there. So yeah, it's really flat and it's actually a really nice beach as far as dog beaches go. So there's not a lot of people out like there probably would be in summer and outside of, you know, lockdown time. But, yeah, it's, there's still people around. There's dogs around. It's just a really nice sort of atmosphere. Yeah. So what type of dog is Molly? It's obviously a 
she's a larger dog from the photos I've seen. <laughs> yeah, she is. So she was a shelter dog. And what they told me is she's part Great Dane, part Lab, which is just a perfect mix for me. So, yeah, she's pretty cool. For those, and I'm one of those people, I had a Lab growing up but don't know much about the Great Dane side of things. What about that crossbreed is interesting or unusual? Yeah, well, Great Danes have always been my favourite breed. Growing up, family friends of ours had a Great Dane and he was just so beautiful. He was really protective of all of us kids, but he was just so gentle as well and really affectionate. So Molly's definitely got those, um, those traits in that she just loves to be around me and people and she just craves attention and affection and she's just so gentle even with really small dogs she's really really gentle with them but having that lab side of her as well she's very clever and she's still very cheeky and loves to play oh that's nice when you picked her up from the shelter how old was she then and you have you had any you know notable issues or anything from I guess getting a dog that you didn't know the background of Oh, look, I think there was, I think she was one of oh, nine, if I remember correctly, at the shelter. And, you know, when I found her, I really wanted, you know, one of her, you know, from her litter because she had that perfect mix of Great Dane and Lab. And then I just kept missing out and missing out. And so she was in Shepparton, which is from where I was living at the time. It was a six hour return trip. And so I think it was, the day after New Year's, I think it was, that I finally got an email saying, look, there's one female left because I've checked out my backyard and my conditions to make sure that I was suitable and it was a good match. And then they came back and I thought, oh, well, you know, obviously they're all gone. And I got a, an email that day to say, there's one left. If you want to come, uh, you know, come and get her, you know, she's yours. And so I literally jumped straight in the car, drove three hours up, <laughs> grabbed her three hours back. Took me all day pretty much. Um, um, so, yeah, and she was just being the perfect mix. So I don't know what her siblings were like, but in terms of her temperament for me and her personality, just the perfect mix. Um she, she's got lupus, so I guess it's got nothing to do with the shelter, but she's got lupus and we manage that really easily just with some cream on, on her nose and that doesn't cause it any issues. As far as other issues, I don't know if it's related to the shelter because she was fine up until about 18 months. Um, and then just out of nowhere, she just developed this anxiety. Um, so she gets it when there's just too much stimulus going on. You know, when we go for walks and there's a lot of traffic, um, she's petrified of anything with wheels, so scooters or bikes or um, anything like that. She's petrified. But in certain situations, she's fine. So there's a dog park near our house and she's gotten to know all the owners and the dogs there and they're her mates and she just loves it and she feels very safe and secure there. If we go to new reserves, she's always a bit scared and hesitant. But I've spoken to a behavioralist and it's, it seems to be more when she's on the lead because it's taken away her ability to, I guess, flight. So she then becomes frightened. So if we're at a reserve and a bike or a scooter goes past and she's off lead, she's fine. But if she's on lead, she really freaks out because she can't escape. So, yeah, we manage that as best as we can and, and we've put some training in place to sort of help her with that and she's definitely got better over the years. But, yeah, that, they don't seem to think it's necessarily from the shelter. There may have been something happened at home when I wasn't home. I don't know. But they do say that sometimes around the age of two, some dogs do just develop this anxiety. So, yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Um, as you say, it may not be to do with the shelter. So we have a dog which we got from a breeder and she has some similar anxious tendencies when there's too many people around. So most of the time if it's just if she's just at home with us or she's at the dog park in an area where she understands she's, you know, calm and relaxed and everything. Yeah. But if we have like more than three or four people in the house, all of a sudden she gets, you know, noticeably anxious and starts kind of chasing shadows or scratching the wall or something weird and it's like it's quite concerning to see, right? But um It is, yeah. I think as you mentioned, like it's more it's just about kind of slowly progressing them um and helping them through that those stages and hopefully they kind of get get more used to those situations. But definitely. Okay, so tell me how you started a designer dog boutique. Obviously Molly played a part in the inspiration for that. <laughs> but um she sure me, did. Give me a story on the background there. So I had just moved into a new house. I'd built a new house and uh, you spend a lot of time choosing nice fixtures and fittings and things like that. And because I'd finally moved into a house with a backyard, it meant that I could get a dog. So um, when I brought her home from the shelter, obviously I had to then go find a bed and all her accessories and, and toys and things like that so she felt comfortable. And I just couldn't find anything that just matched with my home decor and I guess my own style everything was really brightly colored or over the top, you know, cute or a bit cheesy. And I just couldn't find anything. And I sort of researched the, you know, the Australian market and there just wasn't anything that I could find that I liked. There were a couple of brands overseas that I liked, but that's, that was it. I just, there was nothing on the market. And so I, I sort of researched the market for about 12 months while I was in my old job and realized that, uh, yeah, I think this might have some legs. There's a market for this. So then, yeah, off I went and, and started looking at, you know, what people might like and, and trying to find manufacturers here in Australia. And, um, yeah, it's definitely been a journey, that's for sure. Yeah, so t- tell me more about, like, why, I guess, style and home decor was so important to you and, and how, like, your, your dog fitting into that ecosystem made a lot of sense because I imagine there's so many dog owners out there like my wife for example that feel the same way (laughs) (laughs) exactly so I guess they're not our pets anymore they're part of the family so our lifestyle and our style then trickles down to to them and so they just become an extension of us and the way that we like to live and so then I guess when I was finding things for her then I wanted that to sort of encompass our lifestyle, our style. So there was that consistency. Okay, that makes sense. So when when you've gone when you went about like designing your product line and I know you're adding things on the go as well over time, but how do you kind of balance, you know, functionality so it's actually good for the dog with the style and the look and everything as well? Yeah, good question. It can be really hard, especially because you've got to think of different breeds and they're all so different in terms of I guess their size you know some have got long hair some have got short hair some really don't have any hair so you've really got to I guess find that balance between making sure it's functional for you know comfort that they don't have labels and stitching that's going to irritate their neck for example if they do have short hair or no hair so it's definitely a balancing act but the biggest thing that I guess we put a lot of thought into is you know, those little details is making sure that it is functional and it's comfortable. That's the the first and foremost thing that has to be 
for the dog, but also for the owner, like even with the lead, you know, you're holding that every day. And especially with a dog that pulls, you don't want something, you know, from a very thick leather or material that's really going to feel uncomfortable to hold. So our products are made from natural leather, which just softens over time. So we want to make sure that, yeah, the materials we use are really high quality. We want to make sure that they age really well and they're going to last so that they're value for money. So trying to get all that right can be very difficult. I really push my manufacturer to find new, I guess, techniques to bring all the components together. And we have to make sure that if it's not right, we're just not going to release it. So we spend a lot of time in the sampling phase, you know, starting from scratch sometimes or just tweaking little things until we're just absolutely certain that it's comfortable, that it's functional, and that it's going to last the test of time as well as being beautiful. So it's definitely a juggling act. But if we find that we just don't have that right balance, then we just scrap it altogether. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense as well. If if you're going to buy something for your home as well as your dog that is – you're buying from a style perspective. You want that to last, right? You don't want it to be one of those throwaway collars that only lasts a few months or something like that. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like even the dog bed, something about the the dog bed that was really important to me is, you know, in your home, it's such a centerpiece of your home. And like everything else, like with your couch or your, your lounge room, you can you can change up the style of your home if you get bored with it by, you know, changing your throw rug or your scatter cushions or what have you. But a dog bed is a dog bed. You can't change that. So what we decided to do is make the cover interchangeable. So, you know, if your decor goes from black to brown, then all you have to do is just change the cover. So, yeah, just making sure that we've got versatility in the pieces that we release and make sure that they're, you know, they're neutral tones and they're classic so that they will, you know, I guess, carry on and really integrate seamlessly into your lifestyle. Yeah, I think that's some, one thing that really caught my eye with your brand is the the neutral tones or the like understated kind of elegant style of, of all the products. I mean, automatically I could, I could picture it in my house, but I'm sure there's, I mean, did, is there a certain style of decor or style of person that would more likely like your products, do you think? Or is it well, having those understated tones and everything, is that, is that make it more applicable to everyone? Yeah, well, I guess having it very minimalistic means that it does have the opportunity to fit into multiple different sort of styles and decor. That's definitely the main thing I would say to people is, is just keeping it simple definitely makes things a lot easier to, for them to become seamless. But also too is, you know, the materials you use, like I said, with the, the natural leather, that they age gracefully with the, the way that they patina over time and they become softer, that, you know, a lot of different fabrics, the more they age, the more they look old and awful. With ours, the more they age, the more subtle they become in their appearance. So, yeah, that's something that I've definitely thought about is just making sure that it's going to be easy to integrate into most people's homes. Definitely your modern minimalistic homes is sort of what I had in mind. But what I'm finding is because we are keeping it simple, it's making it easy for just about anyone to to integrate our pieces. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you you have any, um, I guess, understanding of what type of dogs your customers have is there any common themes or anything like that or is it is it kind of a huge range no it's such a big range yeah a lot of different brands you know they they cater more for large dogs or small fluffy dogs i'm finding that we're such a mix 
which is great. And I think that's because we're not catering just to the dog. It's really a lifestyle for the owners as well. So people are seeing our pieces and they're not just thinking about their dog, they're thinking about themselves as well. So that's, I guess, been really interesting to see that, you know, who's purchasing from us, it just varies so much. So what process would you say someone should go through? Let's let's say they're trying to, you know, add a little touch to their home, which, which, you know, goes with their dog style and the home style, or maybe they're starting from scratch. Maybe they've just moved into a new home and they're, they're trying to do the decor from kind of the, the beginning. How do they go about finding the right, you know, colors and products and things to, to make it all look good and, and kind of match with the, their, I guess, what they like as well? Start with a blank canvas. So I always suggest Find a a section in your house that is going to be where I guess the hub of the home is because the dog likes to be near us, but make sure it's just not where it's too chaotic because if you do have people over, then they want to sometimes find their own little quiet space where they feel safe and secure. So find a, a section of the home that's just close enough to be where everyone's interacting, but far enough away where they can feel that that's their own little space. And then just building it up from there. So a color palette, you know, keep the color palette consistent to what's going on in the rest of your house. So for us, for example, the color palette in our house is mostly blacks and grays. So when I'm thinking of pieces for for Molly and her space, I always start with something that's going to ground the space. So we've got a cow high rug that I brought from my old place here and that's gone down first. And I guess that's sort of setting the 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 scene for the rest of the pieces her dog bed's then gone on top of that and again it's black which is bringing up the tones from the rug underneath then I've got a basket now the basket I did have in my old place where I had some scatter cushions um, and I also have a matching one where I've put a big pot plant in there so it's the same basket and it's just from um, Kmart cost me a couple of dollars and that's where I put all her toys and her lead and things like that So her things aren't scattered throughout the home. She's got a a nice safe space where her bed is and her toys are just next to that. So if she wants to play, that's her little area where she sort of just sort of congregates and like a child's bedroom really. But the pieces all integrate with the rest of the house. The basket is already carried through other areas of the house. In terms of I've got a throw rug there because when she sleeps at night, for some reason, she just loves the blanket thrown over the top of her, like a cubby house. It's quite weird. Um, but again, the blanket is in the same textures as the cushions we've got on the couch, and it's a dark colour too. So it integrates, you know, with the black from the cow high rug and the black from the basket and from the cover on her bed. So again, keeping the colour palette consistent and just keeping it really simple and minimalistic is, I guess, the best place to start. You can always add things after that, but just having a space that's just theirs and keeping it simple, that's the best place to, to sort of start. Yeah, the thing I like you, that you said about, I guess, the throw and the, the basket for the toys and things like that, it's really helpful when you're having people over and like you may have a tendency, you, you know, traditionally just clean all the dog stuff up and throw it somewhere. But if you've got a nice basket which fits with your decor and you've got a throw that you can kind of put on the couch or on the bed, you don't need to, you know, put everything away. You can just 
you get, the space can stay the same. So Yeah, exactly. And on our couch, um, because she does like to pop up on the couch at nighttime and have a cuddle, we've got a, a black sheepskin at the end of the chase. And that's her spot. And she knows that's only for her and that's where she'll go. So, you know, when people come over, I can just take that outside and give it a throw, get the hair off and the whole couch is still hair free, but also to that her safe spot on the couch because people know that's where the sheepskin is. That's Molly's spot. Right. So I had a question about you actually donate a portion of your profits from the wear collection to Assistant Dogs Australia. Can you tell me a bit more about, you know, why that's important to you and maybe a little bit about the organisation as well? Yeah, absolutely. Assistance Dogs Australia is such an important and amazing organisation. So they train and provide dogs for people that need assistance, whether it be from disability, autism, family with uh, children that have special needs, people with PTSD. So these dogs perform a whole range of different tasks from physical tasks, whether it's going to grab someone's shoes, getting different items from them, or just supporting them mentally whether they're having a panic attack or whether it's helping them become calmer when they leave the house so that they can just function day to day. And some of these families, it it really changes their life. They've now got this animal that's come into their life that is a support not just physically but mentally as well. But what a lot of people don't realise is that it costs $35,000 to train one dog. Um, And that's just so realistic for a lot of people, especially the people who need it the most. A lot of them are already suffering financially because of disability or different aspects in their life. So the amount of support that, you know, we can give to Assistance Dogs Australia and the donations, every little bit helps and they do just such wonderful work. Yeah, that sounds like a great cause. And, you know, I, I applaud you for putting all of your efforts into supporting that as well and having a, a special line for it. So for people out there, what comes in the wear collection that, that they can get? So uh, there's a dog bandana yep. and that isn't just for dogs. So I've often worn it as a um, hair scarf and Molly wears her bandana and we're matching, which is, you know, either <laughs> cute or cheesy, however you want to say it. And then there's a, a T-shirt as well, so a T-shirt for humans. And that's got a really cool sort of um, logo print that we, we've designed. But on the back, it has the hashtag on Team Barker. So that when people are on social media or our community, they see hashtag on Team Barker, they know that that's part of our community and that's um, the support that we're giving to Assistance Dogs, Attra- uh, Assistance Dogs Australia. Oh, that's great. That's a cool hashtag. I'm going to have to use that when I get my shirt very soon as well. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Okay, so if our listeners have to take away one thing about dog style and home decor from today's interview, what do you think that would be? Definitely keep it simple. Keep the theme consistent with your own style and decor and the colour palette as well. So as long as you've got consistency between the theme, the the colour palette, and you're not going over the top, just keeping it very minimal, then you really can't go wrong. Cool. So I, for one, love your Instagram feed, which is where I initially found you and started to check out all of your products. But where would you recommend people can find out everything that Molly Bark is doing and um, you know, look at your products, check out the Instagram feed. Is that the best place to go? Yeah, Instagram's fantastic because we, we try and keep updates on there as much as possible, but probably even better would be our website, which is mollybarker.com.au. 
You'll be able to find links to our Instagram and Facebook page there anyway, but also you'll find links to our YouTube channel where you can see all the tutorials that we do from whether it be products or, you know, styling your dog's face. We've got blogs as well on a whole range of different topics. And also you can just see and hear a little bit more about us and our story as well. Perfect. Well, I'll share the links to all of those different channels in the in the show notes on YouTube and everywhere else that I'm publishing the other Thank podcast. You. So Angela, thanks so much for coming on the dog show. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I can't wait to share this with everyone and also uh, create, create a bit of exposure for your brand, which I actually absolutely love. Thank you so much. It's just been so much fun. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Thank you.